Kelp. I like kelp. It's delicious. It's healthy. This is the art of charm. Learn everything you need to know to crush it in business, love, and life. The art of charm is where ordinary guys become extraordinary men. Welcome to The Art of Charm. I'm Jordan Harbinger. The Art of Charm brings together the best minds in the industry to teach you how to crush it in life, love, and at work. Imagine having a mix of experienced mentors teaching you their expertise and packing decades of research, testing, and tough lessons into a concise curriculum. We've created one of the premier lifestyle programs available anywhere, and it's free. This is the show we wish we had a decade ago. Make sure to stay up to date with everything going on here and get some great content and free products and books that we don't or just can't offer on the show by signing up for the newsletter at theartofcharm.com. The show's about you, and we are here to help you become the best you can be in every area of your life. If you're new to the show but you want to know where to begin or where to find out more about what we teach here at the Art of Charm Live programs here in L.A., you can go to the website and we'll email you a starter kit of all the top shows here on the Art of Charm. We'll send you all the fundamentals like body language, eye contact, vocal tonality, dating, attraction, business networking, negotiation, relationship management, and all that stuff we'd wish we'd learned and mastered years ago. And we have our live programs running every week here in Los Angeles, California. In fact, we have guys from all over the world every single week. Details on that at theartofcharm.com slash bootcamp. Give us a call or just email me, jordan at theartofcharm.com. I read everything and I'm looking forward to meeting you here at AOC. Today we're talking about attraction. This is when you become a blip on their radar, not what you say, it's what you do, what you look like when you do it. It's a complicated topic, it's very important, it's what most people ask about when they write in. So I'll leave it to AJ and Johnny, head instructors here at AOC, to drop this one on you. All right, so first of all, a lot of guys ask about like, all right, fine, you guys talk about connection, you talk about rapport, you talk about business, you talk about networking. The toolbox on attraction that we've originally done, one of the most popular episodes of the show, looking back now, was recorded a pretty long time ago. I mean, literally five plus years ago. If I can remember correctly, though, we do talk about attraction as of of, of curiosity yes. and interest, which it's always been a base point for this company. And I think that's why us growing into a more formal thing that encompasses romantic business and platonic relationships, uh, why that works. Yeah, because, again, attraction, when people think attraction, they think dating, sexual attraction, you know, I'm I'm interested in this person for sexual purposes. That's completely different than our definition of attraction. So, AJ, can you sort of take us through, like, what attraction actually means according to the AOC dictionary? Absolutely. It's simply a curiosity or an intrigue about someone else. And we can spark that intrigue in a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. So it actually, for most guys listening to this, right, as Jordan was saying, with the sexual component, they overthink it and they get right. very hung up on... Six-pack abs. Well, what they say, right? Oh, how and, and, how yeah, can you create <laughs> attraction with words? And actually, from an AOC standpoint... Attraction is starting before we even open our mouth, before we even focus on the words. And if you can get handled that, you know, first 30 seconds, right, of you appearing on her radar and project the right things in that first 30 seconds, everything that you say after that's going to go a lot easier than had you created a negative first impression or appeared on her radar in any way that didn't convey confidence and a warmth. 
Right. We talk a lot about like your first impression is not what you say, but when you become a blip on other people's radar, like you said, so nonverbal communication, not like, hey, is it cold in here? What is it like shitty pickup line? Like, oh, your arms must be tired because you've been flunked. Like that type of stuff is not attraction. Six pack abs and a tan is not attraction. Physical attraction is great, but it's one channel of many. And it's actually one of the weaker channels of attraction. And so guys who come to Art of Charm are pleasantly surprised to find that this is actually a lot simpler. I definitely think, it's a, think. it's a gateway, mm-hmm. right? You you know, you have it together. You have a nice haircut. You're, you're tall. Of, of course you're going to get some attention, right? But from that attention, what else are you going to say about yourself that's going to make her even more interested? So though it might be a gateway, and I agree with you. It's it, not going to make or break you. No. If you can present yourself confidently to the room, a lot of what you end up saying in conversation has a lot less weight. You're not digging yourself out of a hole and you're not trying too hard. Instead, you're already coming from a place of confidence and someone else actually taking interest in you. And what, you, what you'll find once you really get a handle on attraction is that you can actually become approachable and people will be warm to interacting with you in, in a bar. You know, Guys will be willing to chat you up at the bar, order you a drink. Women will appear around you in your periphery. And one of the stories I, I always tell on program is uh, when Jordan and I were originally hanging out, one of the, the first nights we were out for a buddy's birthday, and there was this group of girls at a table next to us. And they hadn't really outwardly stared at us or had a conversation with us or really shown any interest uh, to us overtly. And our buddy was like, hey, let's get going. And Jordan was like, yeah, we should definitely go. This place is kind of dead. And I told everyone, hey, stop. These girls next to us are interested. Um, let's hold off before we bounce. And they're like, no, no, no. You didn't see anything. What are you talking about? Yeah, so they- you were facing me. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. You were facing me and I was facing them. And I was like, okay, buddy. Slow your roll. So we start putting our coats on, uh, much to my chagrin. And sure enough, the loudest friend of the group pipes up. Hey, where are you guys going? And at that yeah. point, you know, it had really sort of blown Jason and Jordan's mind. I, that- my, I literally thought that you had some magical powers at that point. I'm not even kidding. I was like, you didn't even see them. I know they didn't talk to you. So what just happened? What I was actually paying attention to was their volume. Yeah. And immediately when we sat down, their volume increased to the point where they were giving us ample opportunity to converse with them. But we were engrossed in our own conversation, and, and these two guys at that point hadn't really known how to start a conversation. So I was hanging back, and sure enough, they were interested. So what ends up happening if you actually get a handle on attraction, how to present yourself appropriately in the venue you're in and, and with the people you're around, people are going to gravitate towards you and present themselves into your life with a lot more availability than what you might currently be going yeah. through. I remember right? one of the things the girl said was, and I'm wearing my hookup underwear tonight or something like that. And I remember being like, that's weird that she just said that so loud, right? When we put our coats on and you were like, I told you. And I was like, what, what is going on? So it's really important that we realize nonverbal communication and first impressions here are going to play a big role in our ability to attract someone, right? Build that interest and intrigue. So there's essentially four components that I'd like you guys to pay attention to. And and our goal here at the end of the show is to identify these components and then maximize them. And if we maximize them, we're going to find that inevitably we're going to be talking to more people and we're going to have more dating opportunities in our life. 
What I think a lot of people don't realize is they, they'll do this thing where they like walk into the bar and then they go have a shot with their boys and then they pretend to watch the basketball game. And I tell this story when I do other shows a lot. And then it's like the girls are sitting there showing each other Instagram photos of their vacation. They wait till a couple of the girls go to the bathroom. The one girl's saving the seats and they walk up and they're like, hey, what are you drinking? And she's like, I'm good. It's girls night out. And he's like, oh, girls are hard. And what he doesn't realize is his first impression wasn't made when he opens his mouth. He made his approach. He thought that was his first impression. But really, his first impression was made when he became a blip on their radar. And since he dilly-dallied and schmucked around for half an hour, his first impression was, I'm too big of a wuss to come and talk to you and your friends. I'm going to wait till I'm kind of drunk and then make a Hail Mary. And that didn't work out. And a lot of people make that mistake. And they'll do the same thing in business, networking events. They'll do it in a lot of different contexts. That's just a really blatantly obvious one where I think a lot of guys languish. Absolutely. So the first of the four components of attraction that we need to pay attention to is static, right? And if we think about the word static, that means something that's not changing or moving. So Mm -hmm. what about ourselves isn't changing or moving? That's your genetic makeup and your overall looks, right? If you think about your eye color, your height, may even be your build, right? You're not going to wake up tomorrow and be Brad Pitt. And because of it, that is our static. But the important thing to realize about that is, as with all of these components, we want to maximize our static, right? And if we think about the women we're most attracted to, how are they presenting their genes to us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? They're taking really good care of themselves. They're eating well. They're exercising, yoga, all of those things that, you know, very attractive people are doing in our lives. So in our own life, what are we doing to maximize our genes, right? Are we getting enough sleep? Are we eating right? Are we exercising? I know for some of you guys listening right now, you're probably cringing, right? Myself included. Uh, A lot of times we take that for granted. But simple things, as you've heard from some other guests on our show, right? Getting your sleep habits in order, getting your nutrition in order, working with a personal trainer to get your physical uh, body in order, help a long way in generating attraction. AJ, I think you had just mentioned to me the other day that you had read an article that some scientific data was pointing that Working out was just important as nature and nurture and encompassing how you think, feel. And, and yeah, so there look. was this really interesting study where they looked at the twins. twins. Right? Yeah, male twins. I believe it was in Sweden. And the twins, one of the twins was a workout aholic, right? Just a gym rat. And the other twin wasn't really a gym rat, was kind of physically active, but they shared the same sort of taste in food and the same overall diet. What they found is there's very drastic differences in not only their physical build, but in their mental makeup inside their brain. They found there was growth in the brain in areas that were involved in physical activity, coordination, and also mood. And what they found is it it overall affected that twin's temperament and obviously had a really strong positive impact on that twin's life. And it was not over their life. It was only over a short period of time. It was about four or five years what the study actually looked at. So... Working out and exercising, as you've heard a lot on this show from other people, is incredibly important to presenting those genes, right, our looks in a positive light. And I always laugh at the advice that a lot of other people give, right? Mm-hmm. Looks don't matter for guys. Well, that's, yeah. And a, a good buddy <laughs> of ours, much? Yeah. Robbie, who we've had on the show, right, we both sort of went through a weight loss thing and also being single at the same time. And at the end of a our run of working out like crazy and, and getting in shape, we both laughed at, at how big of a hole we had dug ourselves from just being out of shape. 
and how much more attention we got from women and how just easier the conversation flowed, their willingness to contribute more in those moments, right? If you don't treat your body well, you're conveying to the other person that you don't really care that much about yourself, right? You don't have a positive outlook and thought and feeling about yourself. So taking care of what you have is really important to sparking attraction. I'm not going to bullshit you and say looks don't matter. In part because it's important to realize that our, our nonverbal communication is what broadcasts your value or showcases you to the entire room. Going back to the first impressions thing, that's how you make your first impression. It's always nonverbal communication. The first thing that we notice about women, not necessarily what they notice about men, but in part, the only thing that they can notice about us right off the bat. So maximizing that by at least being in, you don't have to have six pack, eight pack abs, but if you're 30 pounds overweight, that's going to be noticeable. Well, and it's not just muscles, right? We're talking about bags under our eyes. We're yeah. talking about. I got it. Jack, yeah. next. <laughs> well, the other thing, even about it, I mean, sure, we see these magazine pictures of these perfectly chiseled abs. But if you look at reality, if you see there's boxers and wrestlers who their their prime existence in life is to be fit, be right. active, and they don't have these perfectly chiseled abs. Are they muscular? Well, oh, yeah. But it's nothing like you see in the magazine. Well, actually, the, yeah. so there, there's another study about this, which is great because we don't need to get to the eight-pack, as yeah. Jordan mm. was saying. We just need to showcase that we actually give a fuck about ourselves and our body. Yes. And there's a, a UK study that was just done that, that looked at the male view of the ideal male body oh, sure. and the female view of the ideal male body. And the female view actually did not have a six-pack. He was slightly overweight, and he had a slightly round face. And the important takeaway from that is going on to the next one, which is, right, this is 25% of what we're talking about here. This is, if you think about this as four channels we want to be maximizing, right? So that's 25% of maximizing your attractiveness is going to come from your looks. The second is dynamic, right? So the inverse of static, right? Dynamic, that which is moving and changing. And that's our body language, right? That's how we're moving within the room. And if we're happy, we're going to be exhibiting drastically different body language than if we're sad, if we're frustrated. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's the old, like, hold a pencil in your mouth is a fake smile and, like, watch your body change or slump over and try to smile and watch how difficult Absolutely. that is, right? And and you're going to find that of the four channels we're talking about here, the, this channel is the easiest to control. Well, and it's not only the easiest, it's a must control for everything else. It's where the rubber right. meets the road for... Thought process. So what we work on here in the program is we get you started with some exercise with Samim and we're, we're getting the physical in order, but we really focus on the dynamic. And by controlling our body, we end up controlling our mind. I know this is a phrase that we The mind around. follows the body, the body follows the, the mind. mind. And it's, yeah. it's great because, again, science is starting to back this up. They've looked at meditation and the effect of being mindful, and it actually changes your physiology. It can lower your heart rate, it can lower your blood pressure, right? So by changing your thoughts and controlling your mind in a way that is not frantic, is not anxiety-ridden, it has a profound effect on how your body feels and what your body does. So of the two, right, body language versus thinking a certain way, thinking positively, forcing yourself to think positively, body language is really easy to change, right? Throwing on some comedy, having a laugh calling a buddy you haven't talked to in, in a while and, and sharing a joke or two, 
right? That will alleviate the mental, which then all of a sudden you start feeling better and it creates this virtuous cycle where now you're moving positively, you're having warm body language and a smile on your face. Oh, what do you know? Those positive thoughts start to bubble up more than the negative thoughts. And because of that, you end up moving in a much more positive manner, again, uplifted manner. And next thing you know, those negative thoughts have been removed. And also, it's just about taking responsibility for how you move. A lot of the body language that you exhibit has been given to you through your peers, people around you all the time, uh, parents, just what you've I've, I've always seen that you may have felt reflected the way you feel and you gravitated towards it, but it might not be reflective of of somebody you. who's confident or, or right. somebody who wants to be confident. And if the minute you take responsibility for it is the minute you can start changing that. And be open to the idea that you, you, if you, don't, if you don't feel like you're bringing the right people into your life, there's a very possibility that you're not, that magnet isn't being set, which is good body right. language. And the best, the best way that I found to reset our body language is what we call a power pose. And I do this every Tuesday morning in class. We basically assume the power pose position. And, and what the power pose position really is, is a full openness in your body language. Right, And if you think about those moments in your life where you're celebratory, you're joyous, you're victorious, right? Crossing a finish line, perfect snapshot of what this looks like, right? As you cross a finish line, what do you do? You extend your arms out as wide as possible and almost your legs as well, right? As you stick your chest out because you're in sheer jubilation. You're at a super positive point in terms of your mental thought process, right? When you're feeling good, it's going outward. So... If we simply exhibit a power pose and hold it for 90 seconds, that flood of body language signals to our brain creates those positive thoughts, right? So it's the inverse of, oh, I'm celebrating something, so I need to extend my body. Instead, it's extend your body in preparation for this mental celebration. And sure enough, 45 seconds in, laughter starts, tension starts easing, smiles happen. And after 90 seconds, everyone sits back down. And what do I notice first thing, Johnny? Open body language. Right. Oh, interesting. interesting. Crossed arms, crossed legs disappear. Everyone's comfortable. They feel good. And, and also science is now saying that, you're, you know, we, even though we're feeling something now, our brain is now producing the chemicals to back up those feelings, which is an also extra dose of I, this is where the rubber meets the road. It's, it's, it's where everything's starting. Yeah. And by incorporating that into your morning routine, right? A lot of guys are probably going through their miracle morning routine and putting together a morning routine to keep the day okay, going. Okay, put that miracle, <laughs> miracle morning routine. Yeah, the Lagavulin's getting to you now. Yeah, the Lagavulin's really helping with my miracle morning. Although, to be fair, <laughs> that's more like a miracle PM. evening routine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can leave that silence in there. That's us taking a sip. <laughs> All right, back to AJ and Johnny. So the third component of attraction that we need to be aware of and we need to put some effort in is our self-presentation. Mm. That's your style and grooming, right? And the, the way I like to think about style and fashion is style should be an extension of your personality. It should showcase the things you're most passionate about and showcase a bit of your lifestyle on your sleeve. Mm. I've always found that if 
you embody a certain stereotype, like a hipster or a rocker, as Johnny's case may be, <laughs> right? Utilize fashion to truly embody that so people can recognize that. And again, it makes you approachable. People can very easily yeah. assume and they might be wrong, but they can very easily make that approach on them a lot easier. Well, even with music and art, like when you're broadcasting what you're listening to, you're broad, you're letting your, that's the magnet to let other people in that I could contribute here. I, I can feel comfortable with this person and your fashion also goes as a way of, of showing people who you want in and who you're comfortable with and what, and also what you're going through. And what, what I've always found really interesting and, you know, a lot of our uh, guys are like, well, I don't want to dress nerdy. I don't want to show right. off my passions because, you know, my passions, they don't really seem to work. And, and what you inevitably see, right, is you see sitcoms and you see media showcase a lot of the nerdy guys in these really baggy clothes, right? Ill-fitting yeah. clothes that maybe show off their personality but make them look unkempt and schlubby and make them look like they don't really give a shit about fashion. And what actually we're hoping to do with our style is not only showcase our passion, but actually showcase our body. And every body type is a little bit different, and I'm certainly not going to go through the full fashion guide. That's why I wear midriff shirts. (laughs) And we're we're thankful. (laughs) And bike pants. And what, what you want to do is you want to dress for your body type with clothes that fit. And the example I always give in class is, especially growing up in the Midwest, unfortunately had this phenomenon quite a bit is, you know, going out and seeing that attractive girl with the tight top and the flowy midriff and inevitably, you know, coming home and realizing that it wasn't as advertised. (laughs) (laughs) And it is unattractive to us and it's their women are wired the same way. And, from a, an actual sexual attraction standpoint, it's worthwhile to show off your body type, even if you are a little bit bigger. Clothes that fit, clothes that are tailored, oh, clothes that actually hug the body have a much stronger impact. If you wear the correct suit, no matter what your how what your figure is, you're going to be turning on somebody. The fact that you can package what who you are, and well, I I had this phenomenon uh, last summer, so. I had a, a wedding in London, and I knew that I was going to be up against some some real sure. nice suits going to a, a, a proper London wedding. So I didn't have the money for you know the Armani, the crazy suit, because I don't wear suits very often. But what I did was I went down to the garment district, and I got high-quality fabric suit that I didn't have a label. And the first thing I did is I went to a tailor. Sure. I had him sew in an Armani label. (laughs) (laughs) That was the second thing I did. Okay. First thing I did was have him make my pants look a little tighter so everyone could see the action down below. Mm. (laughs) But I I got my suit tailored, absolutely tailored to fit my body. And then I watched what I ate to make sure that my body didn't change for about four months. Right. And sure enough, I was at this London, like stylish London full on wedding, and I had multiple guys come up to me and ask what label. Hey, I, I was like wearing. your penis. <laughs> it looks good through those pants. After staring yeah. at my crotch, right. eyes appear. They they ended up asking me, "What what's the label?" And I just kind of chuckled to myself. There there was no label. I yeah. think it was like uh, Carlos Gonzalez, <laughs> right? Purple. Well, the most important thing about that is if you take the time, tailors can make anything look really, really well to you. 
And though it may not be the the material of the high quality stuff, it will be form fitting and it'll look like a million bucks from across the room and to close up. And Absolutely. It, it takes and it takes a trained eye to tell the difference at that point. So um, get your stuff tailored. But the human, just in general, we're all wired to be curious about what other people look like, what their body is. It doesn't matter. It's not, it's not even a sexual thing. Like we're right. wired to right. look at other people and judge what their body is. So by finding clothes that fit and maximizing your static, as we said earlier, right, you're going to be showcasing the right things. Um, when I was younger, when I was, uh, you know, like any other young kid, everything that I wore, especially was the time and place that I'm but going through my own, you know, crisis of fashion. Who says I'm still not going through it? Um, you know, but everything that I was wearing in high school and freshly coming out of high school was too big. Everything was baggy. It was also part of the fashion that was going on with with Nirvana, grunge, of course, grunge music at the time, yeah. hiding and all this stuff, baggy clothes, um, it's just mid uh, uh, Northwest uh, flannel and all this stuff. And then, but, you know, then going out in the, the real world, working and then seeing other, you know, guys that I respected or musicians I really enjoyed. And then, or also when I was working at the club as a door guy and, and being an aspiring artist, and seeing uh, someone walk into a room and deliver a fucking message without saying anything, and that message that you're receiving is, this guy's got it going on. Right. You're taking notes on everything. And all of a sudden... It, I'm telling you, in the boardroom, in the networking event, at the bar, if you're noticing someone, oh, odds are their their clothes are fitting them really well. Absolutely. And they feel comfortable and confident in their clothes. And that's that's the other point of self-presentation, Right. You should be choosing clothes that fit your personality and that you feel comfortable to the point where you're actually confident in. And as I said, going back to other episodes where they talk specifically about body type and what clothes to wear and not wear are important here. The one physical feature that I will say, and, and eye tracking has shown this, that humans look at above all, and it wasn't what Jordan was alluding to in the <laughs> situation in London, is actually your ass. So guys wear belts. Belts are incredibly important because our weight fluctuates. It's hard to keep a true waist on your pants. Mm -hmm. By wearing a belt, your pants are going to fall in the right proportion to your ass so people can make the right judgments about you. That's actually a good point. I've never really had a better compliment than, uh, hey, Jordan, nice butt. I mean, guys love it. Girls, eh. You know, Not so much. Well, I mean, Girls won't admit it, but yeah, that's what they're I'm actually I'm sure they at. love it, yeah. I know in future episodes we're going to get more into fashion and things like that, but I will say if you see something on a, a friend or, a, or you're just at the bar having a drink and you see a guy who has some great style, there is nothing wrong with saying, yo, where'd you get that shirt? It's fucking rad. Or, hey, I dig your style. When I get told that, when I'm out, when people come up to me, it's a huge compliment. They'll I never, buy you a shot I, if you see something, I, say I, something. And I never get, I don't ever get weird about it or any. I'm, I'm like, thank you very much because I take pride. Well, that's, in, I mean, know. that's just it. That's just it. The whole reason he put on that shirt was to get that response. Right? It's for adding value. Second button's open because you want to hear that. <laughs> Damn straight. Front and back door. Open. Front and back door. Such situation. Awesome. So the the fourth component of attraction that I, I want everyone to be aware of. And, and this one, honestly, I think gets the least amount of attention out of the three that we've talked about is circumstance, right? Fairly obvious. If she can't see you, you're not on her radar. Right. 
Good luck. So circumstance is basically your surroundings and your location, right? Now, when we think about surroundings while we're out, where we are in... Do you mean like physical about. surroundings or what? Like well, think what about of... that, right? What makes up our surroundings? Right. Right? There's the physical surroundings of sure. the bar, but everyone shares that. Right. So you're no different than right, anyone else. Exactly. So what about your surroundings can create a positive impact? Maybe on the people around you? Absolutely. Your surroundings are the people you hang out with, the people you're with on a, any given night. And unfortunately for some of us, and as we've alluded to on, on our screening episode and other episodes, it's important to be selective on who you surround yourself with. Right, they can go up or right? down. Yeah. If, if you surround yourself with people who are negative, who are introverted, who are not social, odds are while you're out, you're going to embody crappy body language, well, a negative outlook, and not be social. I think the, the biggest question that I see on the Academy, the biggest question I get just from random emails, and it's hard to uh, talk about without being in class and go through the whole thing, is when I go out with my friends, I, don't, I won't approach, I won't be social, I will sit there, and my, my, how, my energy drops. And now we have to go, well, are you helping yourself out with who you're with and what's going on and who you choose to go out with? And Because that's a big part of it. And I... Now um, I feel on an email, I got to tell this kid he's got to find new friends. So and that's only part of it. But. We we talked about this before. You know, Jordan and I were hanging out with some guys in in Arbor that we knew were not were not good uh, surroundings. But, <laughs> yeah, but they yeah. they always ended up going out to the same venues we would go to, and then I shit you not, I had brought my girlfriend out. And we were hanging out in Ann Arbor, and sure enough, we run into him. And I go to the bathroom. I excuse myself to the bathroom, and he makes a play at my girlfriend. And, wah, wah. Say and my girlfriend the next night brings it up and is like pretty upset with me that I would surround myself with the person that right. would make that move. And now this is like my significant other, right? Right. So how? And and I'm no different than than you guys. Like we're all learning these lessons, right? Being selective with the people that even you'll enjoy a beer with or go to the same bar with, right? This is not a guy that I hang out with constantly or I'm calling to hang out with, but even being associated enough on the level that like he's going to approach me and then I'm going to go to the bathroom using to pull something like that has a negative impact on the people that matter to you. So being selective with who you let in your life and the time you spend with certain people is a really important determinant. And it's the same thing, right? We've been at a networking event, and sure enough, we roll in the room, and we're right behind Mark Cuban, and guess what? Everyone in the room is giving us more attention than if we had rolled in the back door with our fly undone, yeah. no celebrity next to us. So who you surround yourself with obviously has a big impact on where you are on someone's radar. Well, listen, in boot camp, we see it week after week after week. Here's now a bunch of guys who who have struggled going out to be social and, and have a lot of fun. And then all of a sudden, in these surroundings, with the guys in the room, now they're going out, and not only are they taking over the bar, they're infecting the whole thing to where now everyone is super excited. Everyone's super friendly. Only because these six guys, five guys, have started it for the evening, where they've changed the whole energy in the place. And when you realize the impact that you and the few people that you're with have when you're out, 
and realize what you can accomplish and what you can do, you will never, ever go back to, well, at least Jim will go out with me. He's not the best friend right. of mine, yeah. but at least he'll go have a drink. He's not worth it. You're better off alone than somebody who's going to talk shit, who's going to bring you down. I, I want to point out, right, the, the second component of this, surroundings and location, for the guys who are inevitably like, well, my friends kind of suck. Right, they all suck, yeah. What do I do if my surroundings sucks, and what do I do if I'm going out alone? Friggin and we move. get this question a lot, right? How do I successfully go out alone? And this is where location is key. And it, it's always, it's kind of blown my mind a little bit that we, we didn't focus on this sooner. But in just watching Johnny and I interact over the years with clients and going out a lot, I realized that we, we tended to gravitate towards a certain position, a certain location in the venue. And for a lot of guys who go out and do laps around the venue, run around like crazy, and don't ever really find a home base, I do feel bad for you because this is a lesson that all of our guys learn on program. Being very selective in your location within the venue can have a huge impact on your ability to go out alone, feel comfortable, talk to lots of people, and open up yourself to a whole new world instead of this constant run to her, hope that this works, and then get frustrated, and then, okay, run to another Next person one. that I think looks approachable. Right? Location is very key. And, and I actually learned this from my uncle growing up, right? He was a huge fisherman and every time we would hop in the boat the first thing he would do is turn on the radar and we always had assumptions on where the fish were and where the fish weren't but he was very particular about using the radar because he actually wanted to verify that there were fish anywhere we were fishing <laughs> right. and it was only until years later that i realized how important that was in the bar right a lot of us situate ourselves where social interaction cannot happen we sit down at a table well, oh, yeah. right, because we're more comfortable over there than we have to we be. We uh, go to the corner. Hey, I don't have to deal with anyone over here. We stand by the pool table, right? We don't actually situate ourselves in the action where the foot traffic is. But if you position yourself, not only where the foot traffic is, but you make it comfortable on you, you're going to open yourself up to 10 times, 100 times the opportunities and approaches that you would had you just ran in the bar with your buddies and grabbed a drink at the corner of the bar. However, do not stand by the new, near the ladies' restroom. We've heard that piece of advice before. <laughs> there is a line. And, or was that your advice? No. No, okay, good. Just checking. No, Remember when we did that? Uh, no, I'm kidding. Remember that piece of media we did where the guy was like, yeah, just stand by the ladies' restroom and uh, you'll talk to all the girls. And they was, always, yeah, that's that's always some like, Guy Smiley. who yeah. yeah who has it all down would never take our choruses advice. Yeah, that's a guy who's got it all figured out. Yeah, but honestly, the the best area of the bar to stand in is what I call the elbow. The elbow is where the bar makes an angle. Typically, it's around a ninety degree angle. But in that angle of the bar, there forms a line. It's the easiest place for people to get drinks. So naturally, if you situate yourself on a stool next to the elbow or three steps away from the bar near the elbow, you, without having to move, will be able to cheers, make eye contact, and spit some game at lots <laughs> of people. Well, the other thing is, and I, we've all go through it, going out alone by ourselves, and there is nothing wrong with it. In fact, there's many people 
who fight that fear to go out alone. And you're going to find people who fought that fear who are enjoying themselves, who are waiting for you to be really rad to go out alone. To have well, my friend. question to you for the guys who are like, I don't want to go out alone. My question is, how many times have you been out with Bill, Bob, Steve, Jack, Joe, and been like, man, if we only went here, it would be even better? Or why is this guy not wanting to do what I want to do? And realize that you sacrificed your good time, yeah. your evening, for someone else simply right. because you didn't want to go out alone. Going out alone offers so much freedom, freedom that you can go home with anyone. You could go to another bar if this bar that you're at is playing shitty music. Well, how about the after party? The They don't want to invite six other guys. What I was getting to. <laughs> at the end Not of the day, you. as invites are being passed out, if you are in a very small crew slash solo, it's a lot easier for you to do anything. And the funny part that I found about solo is it's actually easier to bounce from venue to venue with multiple girls yep. if you are alone. It's only when you travel in packs that you become so predatory that they start to question whether or not this is a good idea, but they always feel like they could ditch one guy. Well, listen, most people are want to do good, they're friendly, they're out drinking, they're having a good time, and they find out, oh, you're here by yourself, you don't know anyone, I'm throwing this after party, you should come check it out. But if it's you and your mate, yeah, wasn't your mate the guy who was striking out with my friend over there and kept talking about golf? Right. And, and, <laughs> your and name I, is mentioned. And please, <laughs> so please check out the third place uh, podcast that we had just done. But this is another thing: is people see you're talking to bartender, you're talking to the uh, the bus guy, and all this, you must be cool. Well, that's just it. Once you, once you create the third place, that place outside of your home and your work that you like to hang out in and you become a part of that the scene and you know the staff and you treat everyone well going out alone becomes so liberating that all you end up doing when you go out alone is telling people where you're going to be and what time and it's up to them to show that up. is the greatest thing it's friday night right i know that i'm going out who am i getting up with don't know guess where i'm going Got a couple things. Definitely know where I'll end up. Not sure where I'll start it off, but I'm sure to see people that I know out and all. So locating yourself at the elbow or near the elbow where people are ordering drinks, but you're not in the staff's way, right? I talked mm -hmm. about three paces away from the bar. You're not blocking anything, but by standing slash grabbing that seat next to the elbow, you're going to increase your ability to land on people's radar. So. The one thing to keep in mind, right, we're talking about first impressions, we're talking about attracting someone, and the great part about this part of attraction is you can reset it by moving to another part of the venue or another venue. If maybe you feel like the first venue you got to, you weren't able to fire in all cylinders on these four components, right, maybe you didn't get a good location, maybe you got shoved into the back corner or your friends didn't want to stand at the corner of the bar, relocate, move to another room in the bar. We talk a lot about this in class about microenvironments, right? Every bar has an overall vibe to it. But what you're going to find now is most bars that are large enough have different areas of the venue that are more geared towards conversation, more geared towards music, more geared towards drinking, right? And it's finding that area of the bar that suits you and fits your general outlook and vibe and where you're comfortable, where you can make a real impact. 
So being selective with where you actually end up, not just ending up somewhere because, oh, I can stand here, or oh, my friends like this back booth, but instead saying, you know what, I'm going to turn on that fishing radar and I'm going to cast my line where there are actual fish. And you're going to find that you, by being that positive blip in that area, you become infectious and people gravitate towards you. It's that magnetism that Johnny was talking about. And it's always funny to me because in, in review on Thursday, the guys will inevitably look to the coaches and say like, well, you know, it was funny. I saw you standing in that same area the whole time. And we're like, yeah. And they're like, well, you know, I, I was kind of expecting you guys to run around the bar. And like, that was my, my view of how this would all work. But you guys were like standing in the same area the whole time, but you were always talking to people. And at that point, I explained to them that we, we do our cardio outside of the bar. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. The only exercise I'm doing is my hand from my waist to my face with a drink. I'm not trying to run around the bar. I'm not trying to whip things up into a frenzy. I'm creating a home base. And by creating a home base, inevitably, that girl who noticed you earlier in the night who maybe hasn't had a couple drinks and maybe hasn't been loosened up or maybe her friends dragged her off into the corner, well, by keeping that home base, she now knows where to find you later in the night. Well, it's also reframing how you're going to look at what you're going to be doing. right? Running around, chatting up everybody, or maintaining being the cool guy and chatting up with everyone who's coming into your party bubble. So the best, exactly, the best way to accomplish this is what we call our party bubble, okay? It's making sure that anyone who is within arm lengths of you, wherever you are in the bar, gets an introduction and you actually have fun with and add some energy to. Too often while we're out in a bar, we end up putting our focus you know, 10 feet, 20 feet away from us, right? The girl across the room, the hot white pants who just walked in the door. And what ends up happening is, <laughs> is we don't pay attention to what's right in front of us, right under our noses. And this happens time and time again while we're out with guys and we'll end up nudging them and, hey, look at the two girl, cute girls who are standing right in front of you. Oh, I didn't realize because my focal point was 30 feet away, right? Keeping your focus within arm's reach is going to allow you to be social and have fun without making it work, without making it too much effort. Well, how much is this the same as a network event? And you don't know anyone else, but you know that guy. And that's the guy that you know you need to get up with because he can add a lot of value to the company. And But yet, all of a sudden, tunnel vision, it's only him. Everyone else disappears. And now... All this outcome and all this dependency is on making your evening going to be talking to this guy when there's so many great folks to meet around you. And adding to that, one quick tip that I think is a great way to, to wrap up all of this is when it comes to starting conversations and making it easy on yourself, whether it's a bar, whether it's a networking event, or whether it's honestly at lunch, the easiest people to talk to are people who are in groups of two, couples. Two people talking. Becoming the third wheel on the approach is the easiest of all approaches. So for guys who are incredibly shy, who find themselves at networking events or find themselves out of the bar, do not look for lone wolves. Lone wolves themselves are uncomfortable and they're mm. going to give you a very, very small window to succeed. It's only people who are actually in twos, pairs, couples 
who will give you an opportunity that's much longer and be a hell of a lot more comfortable than having to go up one-on-one and wow the other person. And I found this to be true, whether it's a networking event or whether I'm at a bar. Talking to two is always the easiest. So that's my my tip on maximizing your party bubble. Well, I, just to add to that, if you're kind of curious of whether or not they're dating or not, you'll find out really quick. As soon as you go up and you start chatting, uh, if, if, it's, if it's just some friends from work or a friend from work, he's getting sold out. She's getting sold out. It doesn't matter. I mean, you'll find out really quickly what's going on in this situation. And they're your biggest allies. Yeah, and in those situations, you're giving the guy the most attention. So Absolutely. it always ends up working out. So let's talk about what this looks like to the other person. I mean, is there, are there, is there a set of qualifiers that we can do? Is there something we should be thinking about or a mindset we should have? Right. At the end of the day, when you have these four components of attraction maximized, you're building intrigue. You're building curiosity in anyone that you encounter in the room. And the next question that gets asked after building the intrigue is, I wonder if they're actually intriguing, right? I wonder if there's substance to my snap judgment. At least you're going to go through the motions to find out. Right. So from a very base level process, looking at how these four components actually look to the outsider, it starts with a smile and good posture, right? Good posture comes from maximizing our static, being in shape and comfortable with our body, ends up allowing us to have good posture. And then allowing the people around us to have fun with us, right? Sharing in that fun, sharing in that smile, sharing in that joke. By making sure your party bubble is engaged and the people around you are engaged, everyone else from across the room is going to see you as engaging and is going to become interested in you. And that's the greatest part about it, right? If you surround yourself with people who are engaging and who have fun with you, and you put yourself in the action where everyone else is ordering drinks and having a good time with, you know, some clothes that put a smile on your face, fit you well, you are automatically ahead of what, 90% of the guys in the bar that we encounter. Oh, God. And it's so funny because everyone inevitably worries about, you know, how do I come across energy wise? It's always like, well, what's too much energy? What's enough energy? And the, the best way I've heard this described is Johnny's Harold and Kumar example. Oh, great. Right? Our party delegate. So, Johnny, Absolutely. talk about party delegate because I think this truly encapsulates the energy you need to have. I, I, just, I just want everyone to understand they have multiple parts to who they are. They have multiple personalities. And not in a schizophrenic way, but as in a daily, we have different tools for different jobs. Right? And... I myself, when I'm in the, when I'm working and I'm doing uh, analytical thinking and, and problem solving, that is a different part of my personality than the guy who goes out, who goes out for drinks and who might be performing on stage. Listen, if you're a problem solver at a bar, I'm going to have a problem with you <laughs> and I don't need you to solve it. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? When you become too analytical, too much proving that you're right, getting to the facts, getting to all those finer points, right? Oh, yeah. It's too much. So you have to let your analytical guy have the night off. Sure. Right? He makes you a lot of money at work, but he's not going to make you a lot of money socially. Well, let's put together what, what that looks like. So if, if we had Harold and Kuma, who are the best well-known problem solver and party guys that probably we, we know right now, right? 
if if Harold and Kumar are out at a bar, and we love these characters because they represent multiple facets of us. Yes. And that's why it's so great. And if Harold and Kumar are at a bar, and they see cute girl at the end of the bar, gave him a couple looks, what does Harold do? Well... Does she have a wedding ring? Is she checking me out? Is I there think s- there's something in my teeth. <laughs> is, is there someone else around me that she's probably winking at? Um, who is that girl next to her? Why is that guy standing over there? Meanwhile, Kumar has already walked over, said hello, and, 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 and is buying her a drink. And now what's important here is, though we can understand that, we're like, well, yeah, if I go out, I want to be more like Kumar. Well, think about how you're at your job. Right? Do you want Kumar <laughs> at your job doing your work, or do you want Harold? So if if now it becomes a choice, and it becomes a choice within you to pick who's going out. And for myself, and I know AJ, when you're out when we're in field night or just when we're out together, just having fun, we know what guy's going out. We we know the Kumar and both of us is going out. We don't even have to ask each other what just happened. We know what just happened because we're on the same wavelength. Right. Right. Some girl bumps into me. I'm not asking or trying to figure out why that happened. My brain instantly. I'm assuming she wants to party. I'm like, wow, the girls will do anything out here to get my attention this evening. No. On a base level, I know that's not true, but what fun is that? And it's it's about when you're going out, putting yourself in a position to enjoy yourself and have some fun. And obviously, Harold isn't going to do that. Kumar does. All right, so all that is fine and good. I love that. There's a ton of juicy info in there for anybody at any level, but you still have not talked about at all what to actually say. The funny part about that is we want you, in terms of building attraction, to stop worrying about what you're saying. Attraction's actually being built before you open your mouth. Now that we've built attraction, we've built that intrigue, we've built that curiosity, right? Inevitably, we have to talk. And in the next episode, we're going to talk about banter, which is another Toolbox episode, and that's exactly what to say during the attraction phase to further that attraction. Awesome. Stay tuned until next time, then. Attraction, huge topic, hugely important, hugely popular, and very controversial. I hope you guys enjoyed that. There's a lot of practical stuff in there, and of course, we share even more. This is a brief overview of kind of how boot camp stuff works without drills, exercises, and field work. So I hope you guys really got a lot out of that. If you didn't, if you didn't get a bunch out of that, feel free to email me because I would love to clarify stuff for you. And of course, have you come here to AOC. Bootcamp details are live programs, of course, at theartofcharm.com slash bootcamp. And remember, subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher. Write us a review. I'll love you forever. It helps us rank higher than the other schlubbubs out there as well. And, of course, it helps other people find the credible advice that they actually need. And it's the best way to support us without purchasing products and training from us, although I welcome that as well. Special thanks to the Jasons for their help in production of the Art of Charm podcast. And tell your friends, because the greatest compliment you can give us is a referral to someone else, either in person or shared on the web. So have a great week and leave everything and everyone better than you found them. Thanks for listening to The Art of Charm. Get more confidence, relationship skills, life hacks, and everything for the extraordinary man at theartofcharmpodcast.com. 